We're going to do a little bit different tonight. How many of you are tired of thinking today? Just want to rest. Well, we're not going to do that. We're going to think tonight. Okay, so I uh, just wanted to know who's not going to participate. But I want you to look at Matthew chapter 1 and we're, what we're going to do a little bit different. Um, we're going to come back to doctrines in January. But I want to kind of look more in depth of the, of the Christmas story on, on, in, on Wednesday. We're going to look at some things on Sunday night also. But I want you to read some verses for me. Then, I'm gonna, then we're going to read them together. And then I'm going to ask you some questions, and I want you to tell me what you get from it. Now, I've done this in my Sunday school class, and there's people in my Sunday school class that are in here, and it doesn't usually work good, okay? So um, I want you to think, and I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you to tell me what you get from this story. And I want you to kind of dig deep on this. There's a, there's a few verses. I think it's verses um, number 18 through 25. So I'm going to read it by myself, quietly. Everybody else is going to read it. Then we're going to read, I'll read it out loud, we'll pray, and then I'm going to ask you some questions. And you didn't come to church to be questioned, but where do you go to get questioned, okay? But it's good to figure out what you see in this story. This is a story of where Joseph is told by the angel of what's going, what's going to happen. And I'm going to give you three of my points that the Lord gave me today as I was studying this and yesterday. Um, interesting little, little aspect I've never thought of before, and I want you to read this. Let's go ahead and I'm going to just be quiet. And read um, verses 18 through 25. All right, let's go ahead and read it one time through. I'm going to read one verse. I'll have you read the second verse and so on. So I'll read the first, then you'll, you'll pick it up and we'll, we'll alternate through it. Verse number 18 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise when as his mother, Mary, was a spouse to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph... But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son. Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. All right, let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this part of the, of the Christmas story. It can mean different things to different people. Lord, may we see it in different aspects of how, the Lord, how you speak to us through your word. I find it very interesting when I can read a, a passage of scripture and read it again the next day and get something totally different. Lord, and everybody in this room has got something from this passage, Lord. May we participate in this and may we see what you have for us. And as we get into the lesson in about five minutes, Lord, may they see what you've shown me. Lord, for when I study this, I, I, I find three interesting points that as I look at it, as it, as it appeals to my life, may I, may, I, may I use these and may I understand that you have something for me. And Lord, I thank you so much for the things that you've done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is the part where everybody gets quiet normally in my Sunday school class. But I want to ask you, what, did, what do you think about this story? Of what, what, what's this aspect of the story mean to you? Anybody? Or do I need to call on people? I know the ones that will have an aspect of it, but I just wonder if you'll tell me. What do you think it means in, in your life? What do you think this means? Bernard, I'm going to call on you. Denver, you think you can tell me something? Okay, 
and I'm going to go over, Brother Taylor, I'm going to go over with you a second. So, Bernard, what's it mean to you? Born without a sin nature. That's an interesting aspect of it. And, and it's, a, it's a great point. And that's, that's the biggest miracle we talked about. All right, Denver, what would you say about it? This is the very beginning of the Christmas story, and, and um, God uses every aspect of it. And I think it's neat that different people wrote different things about it. You know, they didn't all write the same thing. Matthew and Luke are two different stories. And then Mark and John, they don't even bring it up. Just, you know, they know that the other guys, it's already in there and that God didn't tell them to do it, so they didn't do it. What would you say, Brother Taylor? Yeah, and it's going back to the Old Testament. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we're, we're, I'm just going to warn you, me and you are thinking the same way. So, okay, sorry about that. Um, I think I, did you look at my notes before we got on this? I'll just get you up here and preach. And that, that's, that, and, I'll, and I'll explain why that's so important in just a second. Anybody else? Anybody scared? Nobody, don't be scared. Okay. I'm going to give you three points. Number one, God gave us something. We need to use it. And when I read this, I, I'm doing like what you said. I'm putting my perspective of what Joseph must have thought. And the first point that I would say is God gave us a mind. God gave us a mind. What happens when you think about something? You analyze it. I tease my wife sometimes that she's analytical and. And can you overanalyze something? Absolutely you can. Um, let's look at this really quick and I'll show you what I got from it. And let's, let's, let's pick this up in verse number 18. It says this, it says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on, the, on this wise. When as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Now, verse number 19, it says this, Then Joseph, her husband, husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was, what's the next word? Minded. See, what he has done is he has figured out all this and, and, and he knows what needs to happen. And God has given us a mind and now my second point is we need to use it until God tells us what to do with it. But if you look at this, you'll see that in verse number 19, it's saying that he was thinking about this. He was minded to put her away privily. And so he's thinking this thing through. He's got a brain. God gave us a brain for a reason. Now God's going to explain things to him and it's going to change his mind. But as I was thinking, you know, he, he shows when he's going to put her away as a, not as a public example, he's just going to let her go. There's a couple things that I see with Joseph. And number one, I see forgiveness. He forgave her. I mean, what this angel's going to say to him is not the norm in any situation other than Joseph. But he's going to ask him, and he's going to talk to him, 
But He shows forgiveness. He also shows love and character for Mary. Now I'm going to just assume everybody in here, when you met your spouse, that it was not a bride order thing where they just came over from Russia and you married them. Right? Do you know, did you know your spouse before you married him? Or did your, did your dad and mom put it all together and say, you're going to marry this one? Now, how many of you would have listened to your mom and dad if they would have told you that? I wouldn't have. What I'm saying to you is this. He knew who Mary was. This was totally out of character. So he's thinking this thing through. And God gave us a mind. And there's nothing wrong with what he said in that. In fact, if anything, you know what he's doing? He's following Scripture. He's following what the Old Testament said to do, but he's not going to make her a public example because he also knew what that was and it showed compassion and love for her. You know, one mind can be twisted, can it? But it shouldn't be as long as we use common logic. Let's look and see what Paul says. I, I love studying the mind when you look at it. Go to, second, go to um, um, the book of Philippians. And we're going to look at two portions of Scripture in this and see what it says about our mind. And it says in Philippians chapter 2, and you just follow along with me. We're going to read the first 11 verses in this. Then we're going to jump over to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 2 says this, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, then it says this, Fulfill ye my joys that ye be what? Like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Now, it goes on to verse number 3. It says, it says this word again. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. You've got to get our mind down to understand we need to uplift people. And Joseph, I think, was there. He loved Mary. He wasn't going to, and, and in his mind, he's playing this whole thing out. He's thinking it through, and he was minded of what he should do. And then in verse number four, it says this. It says, look not every man on his own things, but let every man on, these, uh, on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also Christ Jesus. And at the very end of the story, we see him doing that. We see his mind switch from what, is, what would be the right answer to what really is the right answer. His mind has changed because of who Jesus is. How, 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 the, how the angels have changed him. Go to verse number 6. Who being in the form of, of, God, uh, of God, thought it not rob, robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross. For sake of time, go to, go to um, Philippians chapter 4, and you're going to see this word again. It says in verse number four, four, verse one, Therefore, my brethren, beloved, dearly beloved, and long for my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Iodius and beseech the syndicate that they be of the same, what? Mind in the Lord. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fellows, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, which Clement also, and with others, other my fellow laborers, whose names are not in the book of, that are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men that the Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now watch verse number 7. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. 
The only thing that's going to make your mind right is if Jesus Christ is working with it. Because we jump to conclusions. We have a twisted mind sometimes. Keep reading, and we all know this portion of Scripture. The next verse is one that's got the list on it. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what is the key to this verse? Think on these things, your brain, your mind. And then we know the, the next verse, it says, those things which ye have both, heard, both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the peace of God shall be with you. Here he's talking about his mind. Paul's always talking about that. He talks about how you got to control that. So often as a Christian, we get to where we say, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And your heart's a very important aspect of it, but your mind is too. Satan can't take your heart. He sure can't take your mind. And so here Joseph is going on there, and God gave us a mind. Did Joseph do anything wrong up to this point when it came to Mary? No. In fact, the only thing that he shows with them are four words. He shows forgiveness. He doesn't know the whole story, but he shows forgiveness to her. He also shows compassion to her. He loved her. He, just, he, he, he loved this lady. He knew who she was. And then he also showed that he knew the, her, her character. He knew who she was. So the first one is, when I look at this, I see God gave us a mind. Number two, you know what I like about God? He understands timing. We think we understand timing. But our God understands timing. Look at this verse. And I want you to see it. It's verse number 20. It says, but while he, what? Thought. You know what I think I like about this with the first one and the second point? Is our mind can, can wander. Okay, watch. Husbands, have your wife ever been talking to you and you didn't hear a word they said? <laughs> Apparently I hit a nerve there, okay. Have you ever been there? Have you ever said, uh, what'd you say? And I know, like I'm looking at Bernard. Bernard's going, I don't ever do that, do I, honey? And she's going, no, you don't. You're such a perfect husband. I don't, that's not me, okay? Sometimes, and, and you know what my wife knows? If I'm watching TV, I'm not listening. And, I, and, you know, you've got this thing where you go, oh, yeah, I understand that. And, and it's always during the biggest game, the biggest activity in the game, and she asks you a question, and, and I'm watching the TV that doesn't have the DVR, and I can't rewind it. It's like, oh, yeah, that's wonderful. Yes, I like that outfit. Da, da, da. And, and, and you just keep going. Sometimes we don't listen. And here what is God has done is he understands timing. And God's timing, watch this, is always right. Now, how did, how did God show Joseph, how did the angel show Joseph what was truly going on? I'm going to scare you with this next point. We're going to go through these really quick. There are 13 things. You say, oh my word, he's going through 13 things. You see Mrs. Taylor doing this right now. Okay, okay. I'm going to go through these quick, but there's 13 things that proves to Joseph that the angel knows what he's talking about. Okay, let's look at them real quick. It says, but while he thought on these things, let's look at these, thir these um, I think there's 12 or 13 facts in here. The first one is this, he knew his name. The angel knew his name. 
Let's go to these verses. Go to verse number, um, number 20. And while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, what's the first thing that he says to him? Joseph. What else does he point out to him? What's the next part of the thing? What's it say? Huh? They knew his family. So here, you, this gives me chill bumps to think of this thing, because I mean, you just see, boom, 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 and he hits every one of them. He says, Joseph, thou son of David, it's going not only with his, his name, but his family. Now it's talking about his first name and his last name, if you will. You know what else it knows? Go to the next word. What's the next word? It shows his emotion. This angel knew his emotion. Fear not. Keep going on this. It says, it says so the first one is his name. The second one, thou son of David, Joseph, thou son of... Fear not. What else does it know? It knows his wife's name. This angel says Joseph, and he says Mary. And then it also knows Mary's position, your wife. There's five things right off the bat that he's got him. He's got him his name, his last name, his family, his emotion, her name, and, and what's happened, where she's at. She's his, his wife. Are going to be, and look at this, keep reading, and you'll see a couple other things, and, and this is very interesting, go to keep reading verse number 20, it says this, it says, fear not to take Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. You know what else this is pointing out? The angel knew the problem that he had with her. Isn't that interesting? So he's hitting all these, he's saying, your name, your family, your emotion, her name, her position, and last but not least, the problem that you have with this lady. I found out when you go to school, you know what? If there's a problem, what do you need? You need a solution. And he's about ready to tell the solution. But I want to insert this in this that God gave me this. Can I tell you this, that Joseph's problem became my solution. That's an amazing thought. God gave me this today as a thing... Joseph's problem became my solution. I mean, you just think about that. The thing that he was concerned about was the thing that's going to give me eternal life. His problem became my solution. And so he sits there. Now he's going to tell you a little bit more about what this baby's going to do. Now, now I, 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 as I think of Joseph, I'm thinking, what is he thinking through this whole aspect of this? He knows my name, he knows my family, he knows my emotion, he knows my, he knows my wife's name, he knows that she's going to be my wife, and he also knows my problem. But he also knows some other things. He knows who the father is. He knows who the father of that baby is. Look what it says in that verse. How does it end? The Holy Ghost. God was the father. Isn't Jesus God's son? Absolutely. Didn't change with this story. He knows that. Now, he tells them that she's going to have a what? A son. You say, well, that's 50%. It could have been a girl or a boy. Yeah, it could have been. But it's not. He tells them, and you've got to... Picture this. How many sonograms do you think they had back in those biblical times? And 
What did everybody want? Everybody wanted a, a son. But he's telling, he's forewarning them, saying, listen, this child's of the Holy Ghost, and it's going to be a son. Keep, keep reading. It says in the next verse, it says, and she shall bring forth a son. And it's also, it also says this, it's going to show you his name. We talked about this in Sunday school because if you go drop down to verse number 25, he called his name Jesus. Who's the he? Joseph is the he. Why is this so of, of, of utmost importance? Because in biblical times, you never, you always named your eldest son. It was, a, it was a biblical aspect. It had to be a family name normally, and it meant something. And here's, here the angel has told him what to call the baby. He's going to call his name Jesus. And isn't it interesting that if you read verse number um, 20, uh, 21, 25 answers that calling. He says, you're going to call him Jesus. And what does Joseph call him? He doesn't mix it up. He calls him G Jesus. So we have his name, his family, his emotion, his wife's name, his wife's position. The problem with her, the father was the Holy Ghost. The, the, it was going to be a boy, a name. And now it's going to show you his position. Keep reading in this verse. It says, in, in this it says... Um, Thou shalt bring forth the Son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And I love this little aspect of verse number 21. For he shall save his people from their sins. This is his position or his job. Pretty big mandate for a baby that's going to be born. You say, well, that's not hard to tell. How many of you have children in here? Raise your hand if you have children. I'm grown children. Okay, some that are not in the house, okay. Before they were born, did you know what they were going to do? I had no idea. I had, you know, as, you, as they grow, you go, okay, they're probably going to do this, or this fits their personality, and, and I, I've got, my two girls are totally opposite. They love each other, but they're totally opposite. One's a big entrepreneur, likes to think, think outside the box. The other one likes it confined in the box. You know, I, I remember um, some of the things that they did and how they responded different. If I told Megan, I said, listen, you can't do this. And I was trying to, if I wanted her to get her to do something, I would say, you can't do this. I don't think you can do this. I don't think you have the ability. Buddy, she would show me that she had the ability. Now, you go over here and you got Meredith over here and you tell her she can't do something, she'd say, you're right, I can't do it. That's how she was when she was growing up. Now, they're both a little bit different now, but I, it was growing up, we had to figure out how to manage them, right? Megan was always the boss. Megan was the boss, to Mer boss of Meredith before she even talked. And Meredith was, yes, I'll do it. Yeah, I love my sister. I'll do anything. I'll get in trouble for my sister. You know, look at this aspect of this story. He tells him what Jesus' job is going to be. And yes, it's foretold in the Old Testament, but he's still telling what this, guy's, what, what this baby is going to do 30 years later when the, after he gets into his ministry. So it has his position. He's going to save his people. You think how awesome that statement is. Think of the the mandate that the mother and father must have thought with this whole thing, because I'm pro I promise you somewhere along the line, Joseph was going to sit down with Mary and say, this is what the angel told me. Because that's what couples do. 
and the mandate that this child was going to have. They knew this child was a miraculous child. They knew this child was a wonderful child, like we talked about on Sunday morning. He was going to be miracle-driven and miracle-brought here. And so he's going to do all these things, and as you look at it, what an awesome responsibility that they had. That little statement in this, for he shall save his people from their sins. Great thing to think about, but we can also read in the Old Testament about by His stripes we are healed. The good side of who Jesus is, but the, the bad side is what they were going to do to Him. So you have His position. And as somebody said, it fulfilled the Old Testament. Look what it says. It says in this, it says, Behold, um, in verse number 22, now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the, of the Lord by the prophet saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now when you look at this, it's prophecy fulfilled in the Old Testament. Verses 22 and 23 is talking about this. Why, why would he bring this up to Joseph? I can tell you why he brought it up to Joseph. Go back and what's the first thing they say about Joseph? What kind of man is he? A just man. You know, if you look that word up, what just man means, here's what it means. It means a righteous, observing divine laws. You know what that tells me about Joseph? He knew his Old Testament. And so when the angel tells him that, he understands what it is. And then he also says this. It, says, it also says his name is going to be Emmanuel. Again, showing Joseph what's, what this means. Let's go and see where that's found out. Go to Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7. This is where this comes from. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse number 14. <clears throat> it says in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, meaning God with us. It doesn't say meaning God with us here, but it says it in the, in the New Testament that we just read. So here's the 13, 12 or 13 things that are said. It's, he knows his name, he knows his family, he knows his wife's name, he knows her, knows her position, knew the problem that he was going through, knew his emotion, <clears throat> Knew that it was going to be a boy, knew who the father was, knew the name, knew his position, knew the fulfilling of the Old Testament, and knew another name called Emmanuel. And this was all done in God's timing. Yeah. Have you ever felt overwhelmed? Anybody ever feel overwhelmed? Okay, I'm the only one that feels, I feel overwhelmed. Okay, me and Trish, we feel overwhelmed. There's times when you feel overwhelmed. Can you imagine what he felt like when he got done with this conversation with this with this? What just happened? You know, he's just thinking, I'm going to do the right thing. I love her. I know her character. I know who she is. I'm just going to let her go. I'm going to do this the right way. And while he was yet, he was yet thinking on this, all of a sudden the angel comes in and tells him all this. His world has just been rocked. So we have, God gave us a mind. I want you to say that with me. God gave us a mind. Let's say it. God gave us a mind. Okay, all four of us. God gave us a mind. Say it with me. God gave us a mind. Use it. There's nothing wrong with what he did. 
But you know what? Although he gave us a mind, God understands timing. You know what I find out about Joseph? God gave us a mind and Joseph used it. God's timing was perfect with him. But the third aspect of this is this. God understands us. It's very important. God understands us. Cecil, he's not going to do the same thing that he does to me to get my attention he does to you. We're different. One of us is probably stubborn, more stubborn than us. I know one of us drives faster than the other, amen? Denver, you and I, we don't think the same way, do we, all the time? Larry and I don't think the same way all the time. So that means God's going to do something different to Denver than he's going to do for me. It doesn't mean that God's torturing us, it just he teaches us different. This question is very simple. Did God know Joseph? Yes. Matthew wrote that he was a just man. God knew that. God knew what would motivate him. Just as I told you between Megan and Meredith, they're totally different. They'll be at our house. We're going to get to spend Christmas with them on the day after Christmas. And I want to tell you they're going to have a time together. And I'm just going to sit back and watch them. I don't know what's going to happen when these two girls get together. And then you throw the little um, hoodlum in, then you never know what's going to happen. But here in this situation, God knows every one of us. And He knew who Joseph was. Go to verse number 24. Because now you see Joseph, we talked about his character and that he loved his wife, but look at verse number 24. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did think a, bit, think a little bit about what the angel said. And then he was going to ask five different friends what they thought. And then he was going to make a decision. How come when God speaks to us, sometimes we've got to get a second opinion? I don't have a problem with a, with a doctor's second opinion. Don't get me wrong with that. But when God speaks to you, you better listen to him. I don't know how more clear God could have been to him. But God was pretty clear. He gives him 13 different things. It says this, and I know all these things. I know all about you before you got here and talking to you, and I know all things that's going to happen afterwards. And I'm going to tell you what to name the child, and you're going to name him that. Because, see, it says we understand that God gave us a brain. God gave us a mind. We need to use it. Number two, we understand that God's, God, God knows timing. God understands timing. And the third one, God knows us. Now let's put this in perspective. Brother Birch, I think you said this. Joseph, in a second, has to believe the impossible. In a second, he has to believe the impossible. When everything's done, He's either going to believe what this angel told him or he's not. Now, let me read this to you. Joseph was asked to believe the impossible. That's an amazing statement. Let's put it in a perspective of a person. Thank the Lord, talking to my daughters, they were pure before they got married. Can't imagine what I would have thought. 
I can't imagine, Mike, if, if they would have walked up to me and said, listen, I'm having a child. I've never been with a man. What would you think? I wouldn't believe it. But through the experience that Joseph went through, and him being a just man and thinking this through, he was going to do it the right way. The angel came in the right timing, told him all these things. And at this point, verse number 24, what's he do? He does what's right. That's an amazing thought. He believes the impossible. If I told you that tomorrow is going to be non-gravity day, we're going to wake up, there's not going to be any gravity on this earth, would you think that was impossible? I would. But the thing that he asked Joseph to do is even more impossible than that. Joseph didn't overthink the situation. He just accepted it. He changed his perspective because of God. Sometimes God's timing is there to change our perspective. Joseph did it quick and with the right, correct spirit. You know, sometimes God tells me to do things and I just don't do it with the right spirit. I'll change, but it's like, Lord, this is not what I had planned. This was not on my agenda. This was not in my plans. My wife has a book, and um, this man's name was Tim, um, Timothy Zacharias. Tim Zacharias. His brother was my roommate in college. He was a pastor, and now he's an assistant pastor down at Pensacola Christian College um, under Brother Redland. And um, she's got a book, and his book is this called Plan B. <laughs> Interesting title until you read up what it was. See, he had a plan of what his life was going to be, but God brought something in along the way. And you know what it was called? It was called cancer, and it changed his life. Plan B. See, his plans have all changed. He's done it with the right attitude. So has Joseph's. And then I want, to, I want to say this to you. Not only did God understand us, Joseph understood God. How do you, how do you get that? Go to the last verse. The last verse says this. He hears all these things. He wants to marry this woman. And in verse number 25, without being blunt, he says he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. It shows that he's going to follow him and he's going to do what's right. Now watch this. He protected God with that verse. He protected God with that verse. Not only did he protect God, he protected Mary with that verse. And the third person he protected was Jesus himself because of his actions. You say, well, um, rumors would fly. Absolutely they would, and he protected them by what he did. And I don't think he went around and told everybody. But verse number 25 shows, you say, well, there, was there ever rumors in the Bible? Well, let's look at one rumor and we'll be done. Go to Matthew chapter 27, the end of this book. Matthew chapter 27. Man, you want to talk about people talking about things? Go to Matthew chapter 27, verse 62 says this. Now the next day, this is after Jesus has died, the fo that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees, the people who were supposed to be religious people, came together with Pilate, unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that, he, that the deceiver said, this is Jesus, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command therefore that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last heir shall be worse, worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, You have a watch, go your way. Make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting the watch. You know, that they were trying to get rumors that knocked out. And then later on they would set up rumors. 
Aren't you thankful that God gave us a mind to think? Aren't you thankful that God understands the timing that we need? And aren't you thankful that God understands us? A man by the name of Joseph. Watch this. You can finish this sentence. He was just a simple carpenter. But there's one thing you've got to remember about it. He was a carpenter. But he was a just carpenter. Aren't you thankful for what God's done for us? When you read the story of this, sometimes we, don't, we, we get different perspectives of what's going on. And, and we're going to look at all the different aspects of what, what's going on in, in this story on Wednesday night. But as you, as you look at it, you see that God loves us. And He fulfilled everything in the Old Testament. He fulfilled it in the New Testament. Jesus truly was the Son of God. And Joseph proved it.